Are you walking a hard but beautiful journey? Are you sitting in a space that you never thought you'd be? Have you experienced infertility, a miscarriage, adoption? Or are you parenting kids with a behavioral disability? Have these struggles put unbearable strains on your relationships? Or have you struggled with your mental health? I have experienced all of this. My husband and I struggled with infertility and fought for our three beautiful children, our miracles. We went through the struggles, the pain, and the financial burden of IVF in order to have these incredible children. And that journey was so freaking hard. We felt like failures and we felt alone in our struggle. And now, all three of our children have been diagnosed with ADHD, ODD, and anxiety disorders. And if possible, that has been even more challenging. Again, we have felt alone, confused, like we were bad parents, like we were being judged at every turn. It has tested our marriage. It has broke me many times to the point of two complete mental breakdowns. So, if you are experiencing this, please know you are not alone. That's why I've created this safe space for you, so that we can together find the education, resources, support, mentorship, inspiration, and more that we need to grow on this hard yet beautiful journey. Because at the end of it all, I wouldn't trade a second of what I went through because these children, our marriage, our family, and my mental health is worth fighting for. I'm also here to remind you that telling your story is part of the journey. Someone in your life, someone in the world needs to hear it, and I will be encouraging you along the way to tell your story. I'm Tiffany Vaughn. I'm so grateful you're here. It's time to walk your own hard, beautiful journey. Hey there, welcome back to Hard Beautiful Journey. This is episode 11. On today's episode, we are going to be talking to Chris and Brittany from an organization called Do Good Be Kind. I cannot wait for you guys to hear more about this organization and the message that they are bringing to our world. If any message needs to be out in the world right now, it is Do Good Be Kind. So without further ado, here is the interview. I have two very special guests here with me today. When I started this podcast, end of June, there was actually one person and his wife who I contacted, I think even before I started my first episode, I reached out to him and sent him a text saying, I think I'm going to start a podcast. Would you be one of my guests? And what did you say? You were like, heck yes. <laughs> I was going to say absolutely, yes. <laughs> absolutely. So my guests are Chris and Brittany from Do Good, Be Kind. It is an amazing organization, and I am so, so grateful that you guys are here. Thank you, Tiffany. We're excited Thank to be you. here. So happy to be here. Thank you. We wish you were here with us. But well, this is they this live is in Hawaii, so um, as soon as we can go places on planes, mm-hmm. I'm coming to visit you. <laughs> we'll be yeah. waiting for you. So we know two, well, we know a few of the same people. And 
how I got introduced to you guys was through Kara Lane. And Kara is actually one of my um, Instagram friends now, and she's just one of my favorite people. And she was designing your website, I think. And mm -hmm. so right. she had she had made a post about doing a website for Do Good, Be Kind. And oh my God, as soon as she said those words or put those words in her post, I was like, what is this? I need to check out this website. And I went there like immediately. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh man, I need to hear more about this. And then I saw that you had a school program. Well, oh my gosh, I was like dying. And then you guys were on Becky's podcast. That's right. Yeah. And I heard Chris cry. And I was like, <laughs> okay, deal breaker. Like I, all bets are off. I'm getting these guys to Jordan Valley if it kills me. Because the message, first of all, is like gold. But then when I heard you guys talking about it, like I fell in love, like absolutely in love. And so what I would like you guys to do is basically start with why you started Do Good, Be Kind and how that all came about. <laughs> That's a real, thank you, by the way. And something that you might know about Chris Kurtz now is that crying is not an unusual thing for him. So, you know. <laughs> That's just kind of how he emotes. What do you mean you're getting better? About not crying as much. That sounds as if it's not a good thing, like you're trying to recover from it, like it's an illness. <laughs> no, I'm not in a recovery program for emotional men. But what I will say is thank you for that too, and the people that you mentioned in there. What a truly a, like a blessing to be associated with them. They're all really wonderful people. Some of our favorites, for um, sure. You know, I, and I'd love Brittany to share in this as well. We often talk about how did Do Good Be Kind really start and how did it evolve? Because it wasn't like this We didn't mean to. Is what moment. I was trying to say is we didn't mean to. So really what, and, and I tell things a little bit more succinctly sometimes than Chris does. And so if I forget something, just insert it. But um, Chris's email signature for years, just through his corporate career was Do Good Be Great. And one day he changed it. I still don't fully know why there was some reasons that he changed it. Kind of the climate of the, I don't know, political climate or something. Just needing more kindness in the world. So he changed it to do good, be kind. And he just had kind of a lot of feedback from it, I guess. I yeah. feel like you should be telling this part a little bit. But he had some feedback, like people just saying, this is really great. You know, thank you for that or, or whatever. So as he started his own, as he left the corporate world and started his own um, consulting company, um, he wanted a motto. He wanted something that was kind of um, unique to him. And so do good, be kind was what he decided to use. Well, I just, at the time I was doing um, vinyl lettering and also a lot of apparel things for different companies and stuff. And I had a heat press and a vinyl cutter. And literally I thought, oh, this will be a fun little thing to give him. So I'll, I'll make him a t-shirt that says do good, be kind. And this is actually the, like the actual original yeah, this is like t-shirt number but, two. But. Yeah, and so I just threw it on a t-shirt and gave it to him one morning, and he was pretty stoked, and he put it on Instagram, and um, and then he had a few people say, that's really a cool shirt, where can I get one? That's like the short version of the story, and so all of a sudden, we had people asking for him all the time, and I was just kind of doing it in my kitchen. And she was basically running a Malaysian sweatshop out of our kitchen. <laughs> In the <laughs> it got to where it was like this isn't really sustainable um it's it, you know we're dealing with paypal and all these different things it was just weird and so we're like okay maybe there's something to do here and and we had some encouragement from my brother who basically said if you guys don't start a website then i will 
So anyway, that's literally organically how it started. And it was just product based completely until about a month or so into it. Is that about right? Yeah, about a month and a half into it. Uh, a friend of mine, my best friend, who's a teacher, she wore the t-shirt, a t-shirt that I'd made for her to her school. And her principal just said, I'd really like that message. I'd like it on every one of my students. And, and my best friend being who she is said, oh, well, great. I'll have them come talk to you about their school program. And we didn't have a school program. So she tells me you need to prepare something to go talk to my principal about your school program. And so we went and sat down with her principal and who's actually a dear friend of ours. And with them developed what would be our very first school program in assembly. And looking back on it now, it was pretty awful. <laughs> I mean, our message was there and our message was clear, but the mechanics of it were pretty new. Just like we were talking about a minute ago, starting something new. Mm -hmm. It always it has its challenges and learning curve. And so um, one school after another, we just got more and more experience and, and better and better and, and to where we felt like we could really share this out publicly. And, and that's how the, the school program was really born. Yeah. And I, I the evolution's if, been kind of crazy. I think if you, you know, if you ask this question about where to begin, you know, sitting with this principal, Tiffany, and you obviously have had us up to your school, you've got children in schools, you see different assemblies. It was literally something that principal said that made both Brittany and I look at each other and say, okay, we'll, we'll do something. And that principal said, if we graduate a generation of students who can read and write and who know math and science, but don't know how to be kind to one another, we failed. And she said, if I look back on my 19 year career in education, we're failing our children. You know, a lot of children aren't getting common values at home. And, many, and we can't teach them in the school anymore because it gets into this really gray area of values. Mm -hmm. so if we look at our children and they're, they're getting their values or their understanding of values from social media and from the news. Mm -hmm. And so Brittany and I really took that to heart and we thought about, okay, what does this really mean? And she's right. Our first assembly wasn't great. <laughs> Actually, I should say it was awful. Did I say it was awful? You, it's totally fair to say awful. Well, that, we that just... might even be kind. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't fantastic. No. And, and I actually got really negative feedback. I offended a few of the teachers on Not accident, on purpose. intentionally. Not on purpose. <laughs> but that actually was a great learning thing as well because it helped us learn that a message like "Do Good, Be Kind" is not about perfection. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about staying your course towards your values, and and you're gonna mess up. I think right after we did this assembly, we had, or I know I had, I was in Target one day, in the deodorant aisle, and a little <laughs> unrelated <laughs> little but... boy and his dad came up to me, and, and the dad they'd been following me through Target, and the dad said he wants to see you so bad. You're the Do Good, Be Kind guy. Yeah. And the dad said, you know, I told my son that if he doesn't behave at home he'll get kicked off of your team. And it just crushed me. Oh. Like that was something I, Brittany and I really talked about too. And we said, we need to have a message about belonging and about mm -hmm. that. It isn't about perfect being perfect. You know, you're not going to get kicked off this, this team, but let's all be a little bit better. So yeah, that's really the origin of it. That's yeah. Thanks Britta. Well, it was more, it was, we felt immediately <laughs> compelled and, and kind of called to it. Um, and then the inspiration started to flow. And so that's really how, um, you know, it became incredibly difficult to keep up with because we had no idea what we're doing. Kind of like you were talking about a minute ago. We, we just knew we had to jump in and do it. And for three years now, we just have had no idea what we're doing. We just kind of keep <laughs> taking a step forward and maybe 10 steps back. Like this summer, we've had a real pause since 
since the world's kind of turned upside down, but, um, mm -hmm. but we're, we're again, stepping back out and into, you know, into the world with our message and figuring out how to, so every step's just been, it's felt like some sort of a, I don't know that I like to use the word calling, but we definitely feel like it's not our message. We are somehow the, um, the receptacles or sharers of it. I don't know. That sounds really kind of wiggy, but we just feel like it's not ours. It's just, it just kind of fell into our laps and, and now let's, what can we do with it? How could we make the world a better place? With yeah. it? I think about in this context, I think about Sarah Blakely, right? She's one of my business heroes. He kind of has a crush on her. Yes, Sarah, <laughs> if you hear this, this is Chris. No. Um, I see ass. <laughs> but you know, she makes this comment about when she invented Spanx and how many women said, Oh, I've been doing that for years. I've been cutting the feet out of my pantyhose for years. Exactly. And Sarah did it. And I think that was the neat thing about Do Good Be Kind. It's amazing. Even like yourself, Tiffany, like how many people we found and they're like, This has this been my, my motto. motto. This has been my lifelong motto. And then I saw it printed on a shirt and went, oh, I should have done that. And I want to be like, oh, I'll give it to you. Because um, it's a lot of work. But <laughs> You can have it. You can have it. Take it. Um, but I think like Brittany said, you know, there's these moments where you feel compelled to do things. And even in the most challenging of times, trying to figure it out as a business, in moments where we say, okay, should we, should we stop, right? Mm -hmm. We want to yeah. keep going forward with this there's always that feeling inside that we say, no, you know, the world needs this for whatever mm -hmm. reason, the world needs this message, whether it reaches the individual, whether it reaches a group, whether it reaches a student in a school at whatever grade level. Right. It just kind of mm -hmm. keeps going. For so, sure. Yeah, I, um, the reason I wanted it to come to our school so bad is because of what happened to me in grade school. And that was grade four or five. And I was bullied horrendously, like really, really bad. And a teacher noticed that it was happening. And she pulled me into a room and had written me like a long letter, like pages, telling me how, how important I was and how not to let this, what's happening, define who I am. And on and on and on and on. And I kept this letter for years and years and years and years. And it was her that helped me through that and quite literally like changed the course of my life because I was so down. Like I can't even describe to you how down you guys have kids and if they go through it, you know how it impacts them. Right. Oh, and yeah. I remember walking home and just being devastated and just, I don't have any friends and, and, but that teacher knew it and she did one act of kindness one and it changed my life and so I wanted that assembly to come into the school and me tell that message because if one teacher like a new teacher one that's been there for years if they hear that and they see one of their students having a hard time which I know they already do that a lot of them are really good but just remember how much it can change just one child's life that's and the right. direction that it goes, right? Absolutely. And my daughter was also moving on to junior high this year. So I was like, holy smokes, I need to get these people here before <laughs> she's out of this school. I need all three of my kids to hear this. And it was a little selfish of me. I needed all three of them <laughs> to hear <laughs> this message. But then as soon as I contacted um, you guys, Adri, I was like, Adri. okay, 
so when can I get them here? And they were like, well, they just kind of moved. So there's a lot of stuff going on and, and, but we'll try and get them there in February. And then I was like, oh my gosh, can you imagine if every single kid had a t-shirt? Like how cool would that be? Right. And then I was like, I went to the PTA and, but getting t-shirts on every kid is expensive. Right. So I started to go fund me. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting t-shirts on all of these kids. If it kills me, if it kills me. And I had a lot of great donors, which was so fantastic. And then the school did donate some and the PTA paid for you guys to come here. And I just, every time, even when I dropped my kids off on first day this at, in September, I saw a couple kids wearing the shirts and I quite literally was like crying behind my sunglasses. Like I was like, oh my gosh, every time I see them wearing those shirts, I just, I don't know what it is. I just get emotional that Tiffany, they're we, actually wearing them. Yeah, we do too. I mean, we, we get feedback from parents. We've had feedback from parents that they have to wash the shirts at night because <laughs> the children want to wear them. Right. It's, and it's nothing. I mean, yes, they're great shirts. Brittany selects all of our materials, but <laughs> so I think cozy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think children, especially, right. They see the message. It resonates with them. And there's something about these four words of do good, be kind. Plus when people see him and they say something about it, it gives out pauses of affirmation, but exactly what you just said i'll never forget our very first assembly standing in front of 350 students and having that same emotion just wash over me and saying this this was the vision right this was the vision of imagine especially in your town turner valley right 300 kids going out into the town and one day wearing a message that says do good be kind how powerful is that to the mm -hmm. grocery store everywhere and really tiffany it's people like you who um, and I'm, I'm not, I mean, I know this isn't where you're going with that, but it's people like you that, that it resonates with. And then you go, I need to have this, not just for me, but to share with my community. Yeah. And then you get that team of people that also see your vision and then they get excited about it. And then it comes to fruition. Like it's literally people like you in incidents like this, that keeps us going. I mean, because we, like I said before, we, we never set out in our lives to do assemblies and school programs and all these different things and so it's very challenging to figure this road out and and there's times that we're like man are we even making a difference what is this what is this all for you know this is so so difficult sometimes um and it's these kind of stories and these people like you that we go this is why because if it helps one person or five people it's worth it right mm -hmm. if it helps hundreds and thousands of more great but if it if it can be a positive message in the light of somebody's kids and the lives of somebody's kids then then that's that's good <laughs> and that's how I am with my podcast too right like yeah, there's yeah. Times where I'm like okay this am I do should I be doing this mm -hmm. and then I hear from one person about that yeah. one part of an episode and it's like I'm doing it and it's making a difference and I'm not going to stop now. Right. Because now I know that it's helping somebody somewhere. Which so. is really great. And I have to just insert really quickly uh, in this. Uh, it takes a lot of courage to do that. And, and Chris is similar in that, you know, he'll, he'll do that very thing. If, if a message or a, a text or a anything, an Instagram post will benefit somebody. He feels like 
if he has a voice, he's going to make it loud and, and be positive in the world where I tend to be a lot more um, private, you know, vulnerability is harder for me. Emoting is harder for me, you know? And so, so I tend to, um, I tend to, to kind of tamper that and stamp myself down a little bit. So I admire, it's not comfortable for a lot of people. And I'm not speaking just for myself. I'm speaking for a lot of people in the world. It's not comfortable. It's not a comfortable place to be. Mm-hmm. And so when you find that space and that, that courage to say, I don't really care. I need to, if there's one person I can help, then I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really brave. Thank you. That was actually, I picked a word back in the beginning of the year for my word of the year and brave is the word. Oh, that's a good word. That's awesome. And that's even before I started the podcast. So yeah, you need definitely to have a bit of bravery and courage yeah. to put this yeah. stuff out there. Right. So, so um, what are the pillars of do good, be kind? Take it away, Chris. Yeah, the pillars. So we, you know, when we really had to define what this assembly was going to be about, we wanted to have five pillars so that the students could remember them on their fingers. And they are to be accountable, to do good, to be kind to yourself, to be kind to others, and to be kind to the world around you. And, you know, that accountability really resonates, I think, through all of them. We wanted accountability to be simple for the students, like making your bed. You've heard us talk about this. Picking up garbage, pushing a shopping cart back, really little things that in actuality, once you master those things, then you you can do more. Our kids have not mastered it, by the way. That's the reality. Our kids have not mastered it. Neither have ours. So (laughs) I need you guys to fly back here. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. We got to master our kids before we can help anybody else. (laughs) Sounds good. Deal. Yeah. Um, You know, being kind to yourself, we, we were intentional about that being our first pillar because we believe that foundationally how we treat others, how we behave towards others as a reflection of how we feel about ourselves, our own insecurities or our own confidence. And so we started with be kind to yourself physically, uh, emotionally, and mentally. And we have these five affirmations. And I saw that was one of the questions you're going to ask and we'll share those. Those are really powerful. And it's amazing how those can actually work when used regularly. And then we talk about being kind to others. And we're now in a really interesting phase. We had a school reach out and they said, Hey, can you talk about social justice? I mean, talk about picking up a grenade, right, in society right now. And, mm-hmm. and so I was just really candid. I just said, wow, you know, I'm a mid-20 <clears throat> Caucasian male, okay, mid-40s, <laughs> right, heterosexual, four sons, like middle-class American. Who am I to talk about social justice or racial issues? Well, I am somebody. I have a brain. I have a voice. We have a platform. And so... We talk about it in the context of our assembly as well. What does it mean to accept? And as you know, in our assembly, we, we share this message through story form. So it's a story of a frog. People have asked us why we don't use, you know, children in our stories. And I, I just remember asking one of the PTA mothers, I said, would I use a boy or a girl? Right, exactly. And they said, well, why does gender matter? Right mm-hmm. now, all of a sudden, we're in another slope. And so I said, this is why we use the frog. Mm-hmm. is because every child can see themselves in the context of that character. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about things like not having fur like some of the animals and not having feathers like the other animals and, and begin to understand differences or the differences in what frog eats compared to what 
fox and otter eat, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really just about getting the kids to understand foundationally being different, but being kind to one another. You were going somewhere with that. Well, with what, sweetheart? I don't remember, like you paused to talk about the story, but you were about to say something. Um, well, let me just finish okay, this last part. <laughs> You're reading my mind and I have no idea. Um, but the last part is being kind of the world around you. And again, this gets into this really slippery slope of, of is it political or not? And so somebody asked us once, you know, wow, it was really good that you didn't get into global warming or get into climate change. And we don't need to, you know, when we talk about picking up garbage or we talk about um, gardening at your home or simple things that students can do, mm-hmm. that's the essence of it. And we see it now and we have such a beautiful world that we live in and we're here on Oahu and it's so saddening, Tiffany, when I go to our, our beach, which is, you know, 150 yards away. And if there's been a strong wind and currents, that beach is just covered in trash. Oh, that is it's so Covered in trash. And it's sad. so sad. And people that have lived here for generations, they'll say, it wasn't like this, you know, really? it wasn't like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it's just covered in trash. And so, we talk about those things in the context of these pillars and, and I do want to come back around because you talk about these five affirmations mm-hmm. and there's a couple things we do. We have the kids wiggle their fingers while they repeat them. And from a learning standpoint, you know, if we can do multiple tasks, it helps our brains activate a little bit more. So we wiggle our thumbs and say, I am smart. I am brave. I am grateful. I am kind and I am loved. And Brittany was helpful in that too we wanted affirmations that have nothing to do with physical appearance mm-hmm. you notice there's nothing that says i'm beautiful or i'm strong. i'm strong we wanted every affirmation to be about character right bravery like you look at you right you're you're a model of this bravery i'm smart you figured it out you figured yeah. out how to do this right yeah. and this concept of gratitude where does it fit into there it helps. And then the last part is um, kind and loved. And we've been in schools in Pennsylvania. It's fascinating. I'll never forget watching a teacher in the background in tears as she was doing these affirmations. Mm -hmm. And that was really the time when I went, this isn't just for the K through sixth grade students that are here. This is for all of the students, wherever they're at. I saw tears in our assembly for sure. Well, what's amazing too, what's amazing about that is when Chris gets, because I'm I'm always the one that's watching, right? I don't, I let Chris be in front of a crowd. He's comfortable there. Um, But you're amazing. You really, she's so good in front. I just fake it. I'm really good at faking that amazingness. Here's a a secret. (laughs) Everybody is, but keep going. Um. He, when he gets to that point with the students, it's amazing to see some students, when he, when he gets to the point where he, he looks at them and he says, I want you to know you are loved. It's always a very uncomfortable, squeamish place in the audience. Like you've got the fifth grade boys that are like, oh, you're loved, you know, and you've got like all this weird, and you can see some kids that really like kind of squirm with that. And it's like this moment of silence and kind of reverence in a way mm-hmm. that Chris just lets people sit with. It's an uncomfortable place for me. Like I told you, I struggle a little bit more with the emotions of things. And, and so I feel it and you see that everybody else kind of feels it, but then it all of a sudden feels good. And you sometimes some of these kids that aren't, some kids aren't told that 
That's the bottom line. Sadly. It's unfathomable to us mm-hmm. and to you to think that some kids aren't actually told that they're loved. Yeah. And you see some of them that actually like will smile and it's a grin. It, it's probably my very favorite part and the most uncomfortable part to me of the entire assembly is to watch the reactions of some of these kids that are that have never been told that, let alone tell themselves that, right? Yeah. It was very emotional. And in the video that I made, that was the part that I wanted to highlight the most. And that's why I captured them from behind doing their fingers in slow motion because it was like, wow. Like, you know, like it was, those affirmations were so powerful that I wanted that to be captured like foremost in that video so that they could go back to that part where you were saying, you know, you are loved, you are loved. And I definitely saw tears in quite a few people's eyes, like kids too, and, and the teachers and and it was really, really special. Very special. Thank you. I have a question about this message in businesses, because I know that you were you were moving to the business route too, weren't you? Yeah. You know, it's interesting in 2019, which seems like a century ago now, but I had two business conferences reach out and asked if I would be their keynote speaker, a keynote address for the conference. And I remember the very first one, I said, you know, what would you like to touch on? They said, we'd really like to hear about Do Good Be Kind. And I said, you don't want to hear about, you know, human resources or HR tech. And they said, no, we, we want a different message. And so we really shared the exact same message. And here's what's fascinating, not unlike the assemblies in elementary schools, in a conference with, you know, 700 HR professionals or adults, this same power, like we're talking about here of affirmations or letting yourself be reminded that you're loved. And I look at this, I, you know, there's some adults in that room that have never married that are lonely. Mm-hmm. That their sole relationship are their colleagues or coworkers or, you know, some in social media. There are those who are going through difficult times at home. And I'm very mindful of everyone in that room comes with a different story. Mm-hmm. And so when you share a message like do good, be kind, that can be applied in whatever state of life you're in. If I'm in a really great place, great. Let me go out and do good, be kind for someone else. If I'm in a really rough place, how can I sit with myself and be kind to myself first? Mm-hmm. I get choked up. How do I resonate that? So I am too. So yeah, keep going. <laughs> um, and maybe that's, that's the hard work. You know, that's where I might need to begin. And, and then it starts with these, these first two words, which are do good. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm, I'm down with myself, if I start with that word do, what can I go and do? And you know, this, Tiffany, inherently, you know, if I go and do something for someone else, there's an immediate reward for me emotionally, whatever it might be. We did a couple of conferences and the reviews were really astounding. And so many people came back and just said, this is refreshing, this is needed. And then our biggest surprise came in June of last year when a a police chief reached out. Now imagine this in the context of today with Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter and police defunding. And I know you're in Canada, so you Mm-hmm. We're like the neighbor in the apartment down below. I get it. Um, but we have police, it here too, trust me. Oh, <laughs> you know, this police chief said, Hey, we'd like to do a training with who could be kind for our police force. And I, I just kind of laughed. I said, Oh, this is kind of a soft message for a bunch of cops. Don't you think? And 
He's like, well, what would it be about? And we shared the same thing. It's our same pillars, right? Be accountable to each other. Be accountable to yourself. Um, be kind to yourself. In the professional world, I'm amazed at how many of us sacrifice ourselves for jobs that we don't love, for bosses that we really don't care for. And we sacrifice our happiness and our families and our marriages and our children relationships. And I can say this because I've been there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's a term in psychology that's called deflection where when things are really bad at work, instead of addressing it at work, I take it out on someone else. Mm -hmm. Generally your family. I may have a fridge with a dent in it somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. And a door. And a door. And a wall. So to, to bring this back to, to context, so we did our first training with the police force. We talked about these very things, you know, being kind to yourself emotionally, mentally, physically. We talked about being kind to others, giving each other at work the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the questions, and this is an adult podcast, you know, it's one of the questions I always ask. How many of you, when you woke up this morning to get ready for work, you're putting on your makeup or you're shaving, how many looked in the mirror and said, when I go to work today, I'm going to totally suck. Like, I'm going to do the worst job possible. I'm going to, you know, and nobody raises their hand. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about what does it mean to give others the benefit of the doubt? And, and it's amazing in the workspace too. I say, I'll say things like, I know some of you here are dealing with aging parents. Some of you are dealing with a wayward teenager. Mm -hmm. Some of you are dealing with marriage problems. Some of you are dealing with physical news about your health. You know, whatever it might be, give the benefit of the doubt. And so that workshop was, it was amazing. We ended up doing two workshops with that police force and then launching into our school season. And now we're developing that further for more businesses to adopt. And mm -hmm. our plan really, our vision with that is, and I just spoke with another consultant yesterday, how do more businesses become what they would call a do to be kind business? You know, what would they look like? So uh it's an Tiffany, but amazing. Like it's getting out it's there so now. needed. It is so needed. The message spans across all ages, right? Like yeah. we set it's out. Universal. It's yeah. universal. We set out with it in elementary schools because that somehow it presented itself to us and, and quickly realized this is also for middle schools and high schools. Oh yeah. And by the way, this whole world of business that we exist in and 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 there's been youth groups that we've spoken to and, and all sorts of things. So there's no it's not for one age group or demographic or continent or country, you know, it's really, it is very universal. So, and so. you know what I find, um, we haven't talked about it yet, but the, uh, you guys have something called do good crew, which I can't wait for Turner Valley school to get running again when, when it's possible, I but it, even at that age, um, of elementary, and then in, even in high school, having that sort of, um, structure, to a group like that, and then going out into the business world, having that as your foundation in group settings is so key. So can you talk about what the idea is of the Do Good Crew? Well, we, we have to give credit where credit is due there. So first of all, two years ago, just before school started again, we had a high school senior by the name of Kaylee Bills in San Diego, California, mm -hmm emailing us relentlessly <laughs> Tiffany. Relentlessly. Like, oh what's her name Tiffany? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She kept saying, can I start a club? Can I start a club? I want to start a club at my school. This was her senior project. And no exaggeration, the night before 
their clubs were to start. I literally Googled club form, sent it to her. I said, here you go. We just slapped our logo on it. And I said, call me tomorrow after the thing. Well, she called the next day and she said, we had over 250 students rush this club. She said, more students rushed this club than any other club in the history of the school. When they had their first meeting, they had over 100 students attend their first meeting. Wow. And all of a sudden, Brittany and I, like, I get chills seeing that. We said, wow, there is something powerful here. Mm -hmm. That these kids want something that they can gather around without being labeled a goody two-shoe, without having some other label attached to it. And... And so each month we would just feed them a theme and then they would have their club meeting and then they would call and say, okay, this month we want to do a sock drive for the homeless. Is that okay? And this month we want to do a, we're going to go to the nursing home and, and play games one night with the, the, the um, people there. Is that okay? And it was awesome. It was great to see. And then that became the same thing in the elementary schools as we said, okay, how do we apply this on a level in the elementary schools? And we had this wonderful team member by the name of Karen Katsilas who said, let me take this on. And let's create this leadership opportunity in the elementary schools. So it's not a club because the elementary schools don't have clubs, mm-hmm. but it's something that the students, they have to buy into it. They have to write an essay of why they want to join it. And then in the same fashion, each month they would meet, we would give them a project and then they would go out throughout the school and implement that theme, you know, throughout the school year. And that's still, we're still working the kinks out on that. In fact, if I think, of one thing I would love to do better and better. It's definitely those do good crews. One thing of so many things. One thing of so many. Yeah. We're trying to boil the ocean, but that's really what that crew is about. And it's about leadership for the kids, mm-hmm. accountability and letting them just be part of something bigger. That's, that's the whole message behind it. And leadership with those pillars behind it. That's what I mean. Like it's so powerful for them to learn at that age and then in high school even, and then go out into university and their own careers with that as their foundation. Like, let me, let me even add to that. When you say something to learn at that age, what we actually found is what they are leading at that age. I mean, that's been the most remarkable part of that is like us getting out of their way, like this Kaylee and then her sister that's taken things on and other crew members. Um, they're not actually asking for our, I mean, they're asking our permission, which is kind of funny. Like they, they don't need our ideas. Our we're, we're mid forties old people to them, right? Like they can do things way better than we could ever do. And they're really basically just saying, can we like, can we take this and run? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think we were feeling so like, we felt like we were going to need to feed them stuff. And so we felt unprepared. Like we're not ready yet. We're not ready yet. We're not ready yet. And when we finally went like, yes, go. What do you need from us? Like, what do you need from us? It was like amazing to watch this generation of leaders that they, they're learning from it, but they're, they're leading the way, man. And they're going to, they're going to graduate and they're going to be leading the way in the world. They're, they're the world changers, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's been fun to, to witness. I can't wait for it to start up again because there's so many cool ideas that can be done in a community like we're in. Right. So I just Looking can't wait to get my kids it. back in school again. That's what I just can't wait to get my kids back in school. I was, um, <laughs> I might have been a little bit happy <laughs> on September the 3rd. <laughs> very, very happy. Um, so let's see, what else do I have here? Um, so your assembly, the assembly here in Turner Valley, what was your initial reaction to the cold? 
<laughs> well, first of all, it was Is just that me. When, remind me when that was. What month was it? February. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me remind everybody. They live in Hawaii now. Okay. <laughs> so 75 is cold. I will never, I will never forget. Well, first of all, two reactions. One, I had flown into Calgary and it was beautiful. I woke up the next morning to how many inches, like six inches of snow. And, and it was stressing that, but me. <laughs> and I, I was like, my, my cousin's there, you know, my father's from Calgary, right? So I'm stressing. I give myself plenty of time. And as I'm going down to Turner Valley, it's a, it's a whiteout blizzard. It was a whiteout blizzard going down there. And it was maybe a high of zero. <laughs> oh, or, we weren't even wearing coats. Like it was actually <laughs> balmy. <laughs> I showed up with layers. I only start with layers. Like I actually had shoes on because I don't wear shoes here in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. I had layers on, and you guys came out in short sleeves. (laughs) It was cold. There was a reason I didn't go with him. I know. I was like, "Why is she not here? I don't understand." (laughs) But you know what was funny about that is the students. The students thought that was the. They thought that was the funniest thing from for my reaction to the cold. Yeah. Keeping in mind that we had lived in California for 12 years prior to. So yeah. I've gotten rid of all my down. I don't have any flannel, you know. And so the kids were dying too because I was looking at them getting dressed up to go out to recess. <laughs> and, you know, they're in their snowsuits. I'm like, you guys are going to go out in this weather? <laughs> Isn't this indoor weather? <laughs> why, would you, why would you go out in this? This is crazy. But Did you know that generally, anyway, they do not allow – indoor recess unless it's lower than I think it's minus 25. What? Oh yeah. Are we no, talking centigrade, centigrade. What does that mean in Fahrenheit? Cold. Cold. <laughs> oh my. So we, we That's have like if you stick your here. tongue to the jungle gym, it'll stick to the jungle. Oh yeah, you don't want to be doing That's that. That's also all they know, right? I mean, it's just like, it's just like in our schools here, you actually can't come into the school unless you have shoes on your feet. I mean, the kids, that's all they know, right? They just know no, that... No, no, no. They can go to school without shoes. They can't go on the playground without shoes. That's right. They can't go on the playground. They can go in the school without shoes on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like in our stores right now, you can go into a store without a shirt, without shoes, but you have to wear a mask. Yeah. That's oh. the thing. As long as you're wearing a mask, but, then, but no one's in shirts or shoes. Yeah, that was a shocker <laughs> for me, especially being in schools throughout and like coming here and watching kids show up at school with no shoes on. I'm like, that kid forgot his shoes. They just don't wear shoes. Yeah. It's okay. That is so, oh my, okay. I'll be telling James we're moving like pretty soon because that is my dream world. You have to see it first. You might, yeah. you might get here and be like, oh, that's, this, that place is gritty. No, no, but you know, that, that whole experience of going through customs with the shirts, meeting oh, yeah. the officials and explaining all of yeah. that to them and what it was about. I was a little bit nervous, you know, just getting however many hundreds of shirts through customs, Tiffany. Yeah, yeah I remember you texting me, I don't know if I'm going to get these or uh, not. <laughs> and then if you were to talk about responses, just the children, they were so polite. Oh, yeah. They were good. As Canadians, we are very polite. <laughs> you really are polite, but they, they were great. The kids were really great, and they were really engaged. And I remember one of the things that really stands out to me from that assembly in particular, believe it or not, was the upper grade and there was a group of like boys that had sat on the front. I'm pointing over here like you're watching them, but from yep. where I'm standing, right, watching them, super engaged, mm-hmm. super respectful. And what was interesting, and this happens frequently in these assemblies, is the teachers are nervous mm. of how the kids are going to behave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
the teachers are standing there like just waiting to, you know, yep. yank them out of there or whatever. And the kids were wonderful. The boys were engaged. And I think that's always what's surprising to me is when this message arrives with some of these students, it touches them in a really yeah. awesome way. And mm -hmm. we want to interact and we want them to be, you know, we want them, we, we want that energy of them. And so that's always a little trickiest part is saying to the teachers, like, let, let them loose a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was also going to say, I wasn't there to that assembly in particular, but I remember Chris giving me, you know, kind of the summary of everything. And, and there's been a, a few times, there's been a handful of times in our, in our years doing the assemblies that the school and the people are prepared for it. Meaning yeah. like there's someone like you and then your PTA and, and you really get the school engaged to where they're ready and they're excited. And there's like some serious buy-in, you know, there's been some other schools where that, you know, maybe no, no fault of their own, but there's, you know, maybe not a lot of oh, communication. I'll say it. They're like, Oh, we didn't know you were coming. Right. Today. There's not communication between like teachers and, and administration and PTA. And, and sometimes they don't know really what really about or why we're there. And then it's, and it's always a little bit more awkward and, and frustrating. So, so schools like yours are like the biggest gift to us. Cause it's like, we get to show up or Chris gets to show up and it's. And just give you a message. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And energy. It's you really had great a, energy. You had a welcome board out front. You had the marquee set up. I think you even put an American flag on. No, you didn't. <laughs> you had, um, the kids just know it's coming and they're yeah, excited. You had posters and, in the halls. Yeah. The kids were expecting it. And that, that's when it's really fun. Yeah. It, There's a lot of really energy fun. around it. And that I know was you and your amazing principals. So thank oh, you. that's all uh, Leah and, and her staff. Like I cannot say enough good things about Turner Valley school and, and they just bought in like right away. And yeah. I'm so, so grateful that they did that because like I said, I was quite adamant about getting you guys here to get this message out. So I'm so grateful they did. And on that note, uh, Leah actually gave me a write up oh. to read to you guys. Oh, wow. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So it says, do good, be kind. Four words, so simple, but yet so powerful. When Do Good, Be Kind was presented at Turner Valley School in February 2020, we knew that the message of kindness would resonate with staff and students. From being kind to yourself, being kind to others, to being kind to the world around you, our school used these words to teach our students what we feel is truly important in a school culture. It is my opinion that the most valuable lessons are those that may be taught outside of the classroom or the curriculum. The message of kindness touches all students, all ages, and all races, and transcends many socioeconomic barriers that we see in schools today. Little did we know that two short months after our assembly, the world would be dealing with a global pandemic. Throughout the days of teaching students from home and supporting families with many challenges due to COVID-19, the message of do good, be kind could not be understated. We simply reminded our staff to be accountable and to do good and the rest will take care of itself. As school has resumed with students back in the building, we are excited to welcome our little ones back with all the love and care in the world. We may not know what lies ahead, but what we can promise our families is that we will make our school a safe and welcoming place filled with messages of doing good and being kind. We endeavor to cultivate kindness and watch it grow. If there ever was a time for kindness in our world, now is the time. You and that I is <laughs> <laughs> we got her we got Brittany she has a soul. She that's has amazing a soul. that's amazing it Thank has you. resonated with 
so many people here. You guys, what you guys are doing is amazing. I really, really hope you continue. And, and I end every episode with something that I'm grateful for. I'm going to go first. And then I want you guys to say what you're grateful for, if you're comfortable with that. And I try not to cry when I say what I'm grateful for, but sometimes I do. <laughs> um, I'm just grateful, Chris, first of all, that you braved our weather <laughs> and came to Canada and just delivered a message that was so impactful for all of the students and teachers and the parents that were in attendance that day, especially my own kids. I'm, I'm just so grateful that they heard that message and that it's something that we live by now every day. And in fact, um, my boys were in the bathtub the other night and they're twins and they are little. And Ryder said something and Dylan said, now is that kind? <laughs> and I was just like, it's happening. It's working. It's working. It's, it's working. Is that kind? <laughs> and so I know it's working and I'm just so grateful for both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, you go next. No, you go. No, you're next. The box of me. <laughs> um, I think the great thing about gratitude is that it changes day to day, moment to moment, right? We, 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 things evolve and change from day to day. Um, my first thing I'm always grateful for, and this is in recent, the last recent years, I'm grateful for the ocean. Now that's like the, that's like the physical thing that I'm grateful for. Um, it brings me center. Like it is the place that I feel whole and complete. This kind of is the conversation we had the other day. Um, so I'm grateful for that. I'm really grateful right now for Chris. And this is going to sound cheesy and I don't like to get cheesy, but um, being, being a business partner with your spouse is really hard. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> it's really hard. And, um, and we've had some really big challenges. And this last year has been a really big year of transition for our family, uh, for our business, for a lot of, I mean, it's basically turned our world upside down, starting with the move and then, and then being in a global pandemic. It's just shifted everything. And Chris just tends to be a lot more um, focused on, on helping us and me and the business like see the vision. And we get through, he just helps us kind of get through a lot of things where I'm easily distracted and easily ready to give up and easily ready to be like, nothing's working, let's move on. And Chris stays the course. So I'm really grateful for him. Oh, I don't know if that's a good thing. But <laughs> and I really like it when Chris is in the ocean with me. Then it's even like best when we go dive or paddle or something. So there you go. Yeah. I'm jealous of you guys. Oh, my God. I'm just come, I'm jealous. Of just you come and let us shower. Ocean beats. Oh my goodness. Come on out. Someday, Someday, Tiffany, you're gonna see the real what we believe is the the manifesting purpose of do good be kind. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. a lot to this, and it's it's still unfolding. What am I grateful for? It doesn't have to be me. There's got to be something. You. It doesn't. <laughs> no, be. I know, like that was, there was no alternative. That wasn't a sure. setup. I'm gonna hear this later. No. You know no, what? No, um, not at all, actually. <laughs> I don't need to eat well. Oh, <laughs> you do. Great. I, yeah. There, there is so much to be grateful for, right? I, I really think that in so many ways I'm such a simple individual because I can be moved and be grateful for a pink cloud that I got to see this morning because of a sunrise while walking with the dog that we fostered, right? Mm -hmm. and, my, and my heart was filled with gratitude in that regard. And I love that. You know, there's one thing I'll say 
we made these friends 20 years ago. They bounced in and out of our lives. They came back into our lives um, at a time when we were trying to figure out how to reach out to people. And I remember this individual saying, hey, I just want to be part of this. Like, let me be part of this however I can. And we were at lunch and I said, do you, how are you like talking to strangers on the phone? And she's like, bring it on. I love it. And that individual was Adri. Who, <gasps> really? Oh, I could do it. Well, that individual was Adri who, um, and she might be embarrassed that I share all of this, but I'm going to share it. Adri has no formal education. I'm not sure if Adri graduated high school, did yeah. she? Oh, actually she might not She have. might not have. And I remember Adri saying, I don't know how to use a computer. I don't know how to use email. I've never been on a Zoom call. When we gave Adri her first computer, she literally put it in her backpack and said, oh, thank you so much. I'll just have my kids help me set this up later. And I remember later talking to her and saying, why did you do that? And she said, I was embarrassed to tell you that I didn't know where the power button was. Mm. Right now, why do I share this? Because Adri has been on our, she's been a volunteer on our staff now going on two and a half years. And there have been moments, Tiffany, where I'll call Adri and she'll say, I'm hiking with this PTA mom in Utah. I'm like, what are you doing out there? And she said, oh, she was just having a rough time. So I flew out to Utah to spend the week with her. I was going to come out anyway and and we're hiking. There have been times where she'll call and say, oh, I just made the best friend in Canada. And so when I think about things that I'm grateful for and, and specifically individuals, us in this group, deeply, yes. But in our toughest times, and even times when we're like, do we keep doing this? Adri will call and say, I just got off the phone with so-and-so. We need to do this. Mm-hmm. And she has been just a stalwart pillar through all of this. And I'll never forget the day she called and she said, Chris, you know, we have an assembly price and it, we all also include travel and those things, you know, in that price. But she called me and she said, you're never going to believe this. I just got off the phone with somebody in Canada who has been saving personal money for an assembly. And I told her that we would cover our own travel costs so that we can make this happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just so grateful for that whole connection and it brings us all full circle that we get to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of not good kind things in the world, but in this house that we're actually borrowing right now there's a sign on the wall that says when you focus on the good the good gets better and i'm grateful for that i think that really brings that back so mm-hmm. that was a very long answer to your question but adri if you ever hear this podcast <laughs> Brittany and, and i are so grateful that we met you and dave 20 plus years ago she's the first person i got my first ta- tattoo with yeah that's oh, true wow awesome <laughs> your mom's not happy about that i know that's it <laughs> um and And I'm just so grateful for great people like that who Mm -hmm. see the message, who recognize it for what it is, which is very simple truth. Mm -hmm. And I keep thinking about, and I'm going to close with this, this comment. I'm grateful for a message that is so pure and simple that a child understands it and that an adult is drawn to it. Mm -hmm. And on that note with, with Adri, um, it was her enthusiasm and her 
um, passion for what you guys do that really convinced me that you guys were the ones that I needed to bring here. Because, you know, when you're looking into these kind of things, you don't know if, if the assembly or the people would be right for, for what you want to do, right? And so I could have spent that money elsewhere, but it was that half an hour or longer phone call with Adri. Yeah, she was amazing. And yeah, you definitely got a good one there because her, her love for what you guys are doing just is like, comes out of the phone, <laughs> like just like yeah. grabs you. She's amazing. There's nobody that believes in this more than her. Literally, sometimes she believes in it more than us. I mean, she literally is just, she's such a cheerleader and a powerhouse. And if there's somebody that you're going to be grateful besides me, Adri's definitely the one. She's the one. Okay. <laughs> also, a little asterisk, like a super ask, like side note is, I don't want you to think the, the description that he said of her of not knowing these things at beginnings makes her sound a little bit uneducated. And that's not like, she's literally one of the wisest, most deeply wise people we know and there there's yeah. there were some of those professional things missing you know but um yeah but yeah. the heart of who she is is incredible well that's why i share that she's been wildly successful like i would put adri against some of the best salespeople i've ever worked with mm-hmm. for the very thing that you just described yeah and, and i have yet to have somebody get off a phone call with her and not describe adri as their new friend mm-hmm. oh i thought for sure, we were like best buds forever. Right? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's how she'll be the rest Men, of your life. Men, women, principals, PTA people, mm-hmm. everyone gets off the phone and describes Adria as their friend. And yeah. you can't teach that in business school. On that note, I want to um, get you guys to say where people can find you guys. Sorry, before you do that, um, Brittany is an amazing jewelry maker. Wow. So... Do you want to talk about the jewelry that you're making now? Well, I mean, not, I mean, I could not really, but look, I will show you. Oh, but I'm not sure how much audio this is going to be or visual, but. That's um, your, is that your newest piece? No, Chris actually found this shell. I don't know if you can see it very well. It's called a sunrise shell and they're indigenous to Hawaii. You can actually only find them in Hawaii and even more, you can only find them in certain parts of Hawaii. And so they're really, um, they're really valued here. Anyway, mm-hmm. I've been, and if you find one, it's really amazing and an exciting moment. And I've been searching for a year now and I've never found one. And Chris like wasn't even searching and he pops up out of the water with him. He's like, is this a sunrise shell? Is this any good? <laughs> so, <laughs> is this yeah, any good? My favorite little <laughs> necklace. Um, really, I mean, briefly, I, I don't even really do it for, I mean, I've sold a few pieces, but it's mostly about um, just the passion of it. And um it's about self-therapy. It's about therapy. This yeah. last year, in fact, I was just floating in the water today with my son and we were looking a little bit for shells, but um, this last year, just with the transition and the change in our lives, like there's just been a lot of um, just healing that needed to take place and nothing healing from anything traumatic, but just, you know, I guess the loss of a, of, of a life that you're leaving behind and, and the challenges of entering a new life and and looking for shells and sea glass just became um, absolutely therapeutic for me. Like not even like, this is fun, a fun hobby. It was like, this is necessary. I need to be under the water or I need to be walking the beach and, and with my own thoughts. And so, and then that just led into creation. I just wanted to create things and, and for no purpose really than to just create. And then I had some people that, you know, reached out a little bit and wanted some pieces. So it's really, um, it's about feeding that inner self, you know, that, yeah. um, that space, space that you need and then and then really the the joy I find in the sea glass in particular is just the story and the history of it and and glass when it's broken in the sea it takes 20 to 30 years to 
tumble and, and, and shape and become frosty and, and then it becomes very valuable to the collector. Um, and I've always loved that analogy of uh, we may feel broken and we are broken in so many ways, but it just takes that time and that continual churning and the life spinning you and to refine who you are and, um, and really find that beauty and that treasure and who we are and just how that, that's kind of why I've always, I wear this every day. This is my every day. It's my sunrise shell from Chris that feels so special. And then a little piece of sea glass to just kind of remind me of the challenges of, of the tumble of life. So. Oh, that is so oh, they can't really. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. I thank you for the a moment to share that. But I do have, there is a website that a friend of mine started called thepukaplace.com. And it's we, P-U-K-A. P-U-K-A, which, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, we, we sell some pieces there here and there. It's certainly not anything we've taken really seriously other than um, just as we create, we like to share. So there's that. <laughs> it's beautiful. Very thank beautiful you. stuff. And where can we find Do Good, Be Kind information? You can find Do Good, Be Kind at dogoodbekind.org. That's going to shift you to dogoodbekind.life. But if you type in dogoodbekind.org, and that's a very special announcement, Tiffany, that we're saying here first to anybody else. Really? We are an official 501c3 nonprofit. What? Oh, my gosh. That is so exciting. Yeah, your, your audience will be the first to hear this. Um, our URL hasn't even shifted yet, but if you type in dogoodbekind.org, it'll take you there. And then you can also find us at shopdogoodbekind.com is where you can find all of our um, apparel and swag. And let me just kind of add to that is we're going through a pretty big transition right now where um, we're, we're moving out of our, we're moving fulfillment partners and we're kind of shifting things to a, a foundation based website. So there's a lot of changes that are going to be happening as we have, as we're breathing life back into our business as, as, as through the pandemic, it's kind of struggled, but we are, there's a lot of things that are going to be shifting and changing in the upcoming months. And we're really excited to share, but um, also just, you know, for your listeners, like there's going to be some fun changes to be patient with yeah. as we shift through things yeah. a little bit. So it's exciting. It's, it's something we've been dreaming of for three years now. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things ahead that we know that we're actually here on the islands for a very specific reason it's becoming more and more apparent to us. So I can't wait to see so it long all unfold. Yes. When we're not recording, we'll share that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, I just want to thank you guys so much for the time thank today. Um, like I said, this was the top of my list oh, when you. I uh, decided to do this. So I'm just so beyond grateful for both of you. So thank, thank you. you. We're grateful for much. you. Thanks for being a great friend, Tiffany. Thank you. Yeah, it's mutual. Thank you and aloha. Thank you. So, yeah, now, now I think you understand why I needed to get these people here so badly to get this message, not only to my kids and, and my family, but to a whole bunch of kids and teachers and, and the community. It is so powerful. And I thank them again, Chris and Brittany and your whole team for bringing your message to our school. Please be sure and check out my website at www.tiffanyvon.ca where on the blog tab you will find a lot more info about the episodes that I am putting out like photos and video clips. And for this particular episode I am posting the video that I made at the assembly 
which I absolutely cherish and love so much because now I can share it with my kids anytime and just remind them of the important message that they heard. I can also be found on Instagram at Ms. Tiff Vaughn and on Facebook at Hard Beautiful Journey and Tiffany Vaughn. Thank you so much again for listening. It means the world to me. And remember, be kind and stay well.